This is Small Talk with 101 ESPN's Michelle Smallman. What's up, everyone? Welcome into episode 135 of Small Talk. Your host, Steve Cerruti and Michelle Smallman are here with you. What's up to our pod audience? And hello to our YouTube audience. I don't know why I just saluted our Yeah, she's wow. <laughs> I was very official of me. Um, but we are taping this on a Tuesday. And Steve, I appreciate that you're wearing your Baylor Bears green. A little homage to the Baylor Bears for winning their first ever men's national championship. You weren't rooting for Baylor because you like Baylor, though. Let's be honest, right? You were rooting for Baylor no. for other reasons. I, I had no horse in the fight, no dog in the, horse in the fight. I had no dog in horse the in the race. No, <laughs> yeah, no dog race. in the fight. This wow. is like yeah. two weeks in a row where I cannot speak. Talking is hard. I couldn't remember where Russell Westbrook played or James Harden played. I mean, I had really lost my mind when I was naming NBA players. I went back and listened to that when I was editing it, and I'm like. You idiot. Of course, James Harden plays for Brooklyn. Like, what is wrong with you? And today I can't speak either. You know, what's funny is I avoid figures of speech like that or expression sometimes because I'm I'm internally afraid that I'm going to fuck it up. <laughs> so if you say dog in the in the fight, if I say that wrong, if I say horse in the fight, which makes zero right. sense, which is I think what did that, is that what you just said? That's exactly um, what I just said. Yeah, I'm afraid that I'm constantly going to fuck those up. So I avoid phrases a lot of the time in conversation, including on this pod, because I'm like in my head, I'm like, is this right? I'm sure it's right. I don't know. I've never because I don't use a lot of expressions in right. real life. Do you? So I'm not used Clearly to saying not. that. But some people I hear they just throw them out left and right. Like my dad's an expression guy. He has all sorts of expressions, and I'm just I'm just not that way. And I get nervous that I'm going to screw it up, so I just don't say them. Well, I just want you to know this is a safe space, okay? This is a safe space. Clearly, I mess everything up all the time. So feel free to throw them out there. And if you get them wrong, it's okay. Well, it's our communal mistake. So if I drop a when in London, you're not going to make fun of me? Oh, no, I'll definitely make fun of you. I'll (laughs) definitely make fun of you. But it's a safe space because we all make mistakes. Small talk, we are team not perfect. We know that no one's perfect and that everyone makes mistakes. And... (laughs) I mean, I just said horse in the race. So what are you going to do? But anyway, no, I was, I was secretly cheering for Baylor because I had some sort of, um, you know, my enthusiasm certainly corralled you to the Illinois side and I convinced you to cheer for Illinois and pick them to win. You pick Gonzaga every year. So I was very much secretly hoping for our friendship that this was not the year that Gonzaga won and I swayed you otherwise. I was definitely rooting for Gonzaga. I would have been so bummed if they won. So I was somewhat relieved too last night that they lost because it would have just been, it would have been very me for the the one year I did pick them for them to win it all. But I also really like that team. Like I love watching Jalen Suggs. I hadn't watched yeah. a lot of Baylor all year. Um, not that I watched a ton of Gonzaga games, but I did know more about them. I know obviously um, they got those two white dudes who were hilarious. I just like their team. I just think they're funny. I like, I like Mark few. I just, that's kind of why I always pick them, but I really like Jalen Suggs because of the draft stuff and he could potentially be a magic player because they they're going to have a top five pick because they're terrible, but it was nice to see them lose only because I would have been bummed out. But also, even if I picked Gonzaga, I don't think I would have won my pool either. So it's all good. It's all good. We're fine. Happy for Baylor. I think Baylor has some of the most underrated swag, by the way, in oh, yeah. all of sports because green and gold is not it's kind of an underrated color combination, I think, in sports. Sure, and they yeah. do it really well. They got good Nike jerseys. If there's any Baylor people out there, send me swag. I'll wear them on the show. Uh, if it's free, it's me. Right, Steve? Yep. I'll wear whatever you give me, period. Specifically Baylor stuff. No, you're right, though. When we were ranking uniform cities, we talked about Oakland and how great the A's uniforms mm-hmm. are because of the green and gold combo. You're right. I'm surprised more schools haven't adopted that. Green, what, green and gold? Yeah. Well, I mean, you can't really change your colors. You are who you are. It's well, like, I know, it's but like I'm one saying... day UConn, who's blue and red, could be like, you know what? I kind of like green. We're going to just switch it up. UConn, no, now Huskies, no, no, no. we're the green. I just mean, I'm surprised that in the inception of all of this, more schools weren't like, mm, 
blue and white kind of played out. Maybe we should do green and gold. Look at what Baylor's doing. They look great. Yeah, I agree. But there are just color combinations that, I don't know, maybe when these schools 100, 100 plus years ago are being formed, there are different variations of the American flag, right? I would say 50% of the schools are some form of red, white, and blue, or mostly, yeah. you know what I mean? And that's kind of boring. Some of them do it better than, I actually think, you know, being in Connecticut, my wife went to UConn, I brought up UConn. They do do red, white, and blue really well. Because they have kind of an old school vibe. They've got a good look to their logo and stuff, especially the old logo, not the new logo. But I've always wondered why more, you're right, why more teams don't experiment with colors. Although, you know what? I think you can go too far, though, right? Because then now you've got the Seahawks jerseys that have all sorts of lime green in them. I've never liked the Carolina Panthers, which is that weird bluish, it's like lightning blue. I don't even know. Yeah. So you can go too far, but I still think the gold and green is different, but still kind of classy enough to be like, Ooh, I kind of like that. It's special, but it still looks good. What do you think is the best Jersey? We, here we go. We're going to go on a tangent, but I want to ask you this question. Okay. What do you think is the best Jersey color combo in college pro sports? Doesn't really matter. Two colors together on a Jersey. What do you think is the best? Um, Cause I think I have the answer, but I want to see your, I want to hear your first. So this is such a homer play, but I do love orange and blue together. Nope. Um, don't knock it till you've worn it for four years. It's actually a very versatile combo because you can work in white, you can work in orange or blue, three colors there. Um, I really do like kind of a navy blue, whether it has yep. white in the mix. You could always have a little black accent, maybe a silver accent, but that always is so classic. I think it's navy. If that's your primary color, you're winning, period. Yes, um, and I think the secondary color that goes perfectly with it and is my number one would be gold. Navy and gold is the best color combination for a jersey there is. You look at Quinnipiac, obviously I went to Quinnipiac, so I'm biased, but Notre Dame, I think all- I, I don't even say, like, is this because we got Notre Dame swag from Tommy Reese? <laughs> no, and shouts out to Gold Jr. We like you, but I'm not I'm not doing this because I'm, I'm trying to kiss your ass. I genuinely think that that color combination is just the perfect color. And I'm wearing a hat kind of that's like that right now. Yeah, right. And it's a little bit off. It's not quite the exact tones I would pick. But I think that just looks classic. Is It's just classic. And I love it. I think it looks great on the jersey. Yeah, Notre Dame has the cleanest uniforms ever. I mean, there's nothing not awesome about... Because Notre Dame has gold, they have white, they have the navy blue, and they have the Kelly green that they work in. The green and is sick, too. It's yeah. so sick. They're winning... I've never really seen a terrible Notre Dame uniform in any sport. They are the, winning constantly. The problem with Notre Dame and apologies to Kevin Plank, the CEO at Under Armour and Scott Van Pelt and all those Under Armour people out there, but I don't think they make great jerseys. If Notre Dame had Nike jerseys, they'd be a million times better. That's the only downfall, but the color combination is very good. You know what I actually really like too? Um, and because it, it's a different version of that, but Michigan, the maize and blue is oh, great too. Good. Great, great combination. Very good. And it's their own, it's maize. It's mm -hmm. not, it's not yellow and blue. It's maize and blue. Very Hell to good. the victors. <laughs> Your big 10 team. Big 10 Steve, he's back. <laughs> big 10 Steve. You try to suppress him so much and big 10 Steve always finds a way out. He always finds his way to the pot. I'm going to embrace it going forward. I think I'm full on big 10. I can't wait to get you in the Midwest. Someday you're coming to the Midwest and you're going to settle in here and be like, no, Madison was not a fluke. I am home. Well, like, good this news is where I belong. Good news is your boy got a needle in his arm and is vaccinated. So I am All free right. to roam about yes. the country in a couple of weeks. Uh, I got the Johnson and Johnson one shot. We're done. Ready to go. Okay. okay. Felt, How are you feeling? Good. I felt fine. Uh, my wife had about 24 hour weird deal um, where she was just, you know, I don't know, fever or whatever, sleepy, groggy, weak. Uh, but I, I felt fine. I actually had an eye twitch that I did not know if it was related to the shot or not, but it's gone. It was only for like 24 hours. So maybe okay. I, that was my one side effect maybe, but I don't feel any different. I feel good. I'm good to go. So I'm ready to, I'm ready to travel the country whenever we're, uh, we're allowed to.
Oh my God. Live pod St. Louis book it. Let's yeah. do it. <laughs> because Cross-country. I also am vaccinated. I am fully vaccinated. I got Moderna two shots, but I've been vaccinated for a few weeks now. All right. Well, how'd you feel? How do you feel then? Um, after my first shot, I was really tired and my arm was really sore. I could barely move it. And I think I went to bed. I got it at like 1130 or so on a Friday afternoon. And I think I went to bed at 6 PM and slept until like 7am. I just hibernated for about a day. Um, and then the second one, I didn't really feel any symptoms at all. I worked out for an hour afterwards. I just felt great. And maybe it's because I was just bounding out of the doors being like, yes, <laughs> this is over. Your girl needs to get on an airplane. I've got to go somewhere and get out of here for a bit. Uh, so maybe my joy at getting the second shot just tempered any bad feelings I had. They could have shot you up with nothing. It would have just been the placebo effect. And Michelle would have been like, yes, I am back. Let's go. The weather is warm. We are here. I skipped out and I, no joke. I texted my friends on the group that I go anywhere, anytime I am vaccinated, <laughs> I invite me anywhere. I'm Give going. me all of the plants. Yeah, I'm ready to go. And I'll never say no you, again. The calendar is booking up. I think I have six trips planned already from now until September. I think we've got two. Yeah. I um, think so. Yeah. Tourism is about to be back folks. Tourism <laughs> is back. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I, you know, I think you, what do you got? You're supposed to wait, what, two weeks for the thing two to weeks. kick in? And then, yeah, I don't know. Am I supposed to carry my card everywhere? I don't, I don't. Yes, I'm probably not no, going seriously to. seriously, you are. Oh, all right, You're supposed well. to carry it. And sorry. I got the advice to take a picture of it, both sides, and have it, the picture in your phone and email yourself a copy of it because there's- That's what I'll do. There's going to be places that you might need to show it to get into. I know that there might be some apps that are being developed, but I was told to treat that card with great care. All right. Well, I will do that. I'm probably not going to carry a physical card. I'll take a picture of it. That'll be good. I'll have it on my phone. Oh, I have the physical card because if I need to drop it and get on a plane and go somewhere at any point, I'm here's the card. I can go. This is no, no, no summer. The summer of yes for Michelle. No, you know what it is? It's shot girl summer. Everyone's calling it shot girl summer. It's not hot girl summer. We're all vaccinated. It's shot girl summer. (laughs) Ready to go. Shot girl summer is going on a domestic tour. We're going to Miami. We're going to New York. We are going to Chicago. Who knows where else we might end up? We'll just have to wait and see. Rosé for everyone. That's what what the summer is going to be about. Me included. It's going to be like Meg the Stallion and Rosé day in and day out. I can't wait. Spring break nationwide. Nationwide, six months. It's going (laughs) to be amazing. Okay. So you mentioned the Carolina Panthers, Steve, and we were actually supposed to tape with a guest yesterday, but we had to adjust because big Sam Darnold breaking news out of the NFL. And Steve is a big time ringer employee and had to drop everything for an emergency Sam Darnold pod. So we didn't really know what to do this week. And we had a couple ideas, but we're going to do an AMA later in the pod because the Shelleys always come through with the hot stuff. They always come through with great questions, but Prior to that, I wanted to talk about this tweet that I saw from our friend, friend of the pod, Adam Amin. You know him, of course, as the play-by-play voice for Fox. He's on everything. You see him all the time. The Bulls too, right? And the Bulls, Bulls. of course. Yes, he's everywhere. He is so talented. Just a Midwesterner at heart too. Look at him. He's from Chicago, of course. And, you know, just like all of us on this pod, Steve, we love Midwesterners. (laughs) I didn't know he was from there. I I knew he was calling. So that that, that brings it full circle. I love that. He grew up watching Bulls games and now he's calling the Bulls. Isn't that so cool? That's awesome. Yeah, I know. So he tweeted this and I sent it to you. I posted it on my Instagram story. He said the best advice I heard in the last year was from Jared Cohen on a podcast. He said that he tries to win the week. If every week is a seven game series, he just wants to win four out of seven days. How do you determine if you won the day? That's deep. 
I know. We're going, um, deep. We're going deep here before we go to the AMA questions and really how do just I, pivot. Because I never think about days that way. Do you? At the end of the day, I never go, hmm, was this? You know, I think you you have a general feeling whether or not you were productive or not. I think I judge my days based on whether or not I was productive. Unless it's a weekend, then I don't really care. Then it's like how many cool things I did or how many games of FIFA was I able to sneak in. But if we're talking, you know, the five days a week and then two days of a weekend, the five days of the work week, I'm thinking, did I get shit done? Did I contribute to whatever we were doing? Did I feel like a productive member of my team? And then that's probably what gives me the most satisfaction. I don't, that's probably not right, but that, that's kind of the first thing that comes to my mind. So that's so interesting because I really marinated on this. I thought if I'm laying down at night and if there was a checklist that you had to do, did I win the day? Yes or no. Every day based on these parameters, what would I consider to be a win? And I think a lot of people get caught up in the big picture of things and they get caught up in comparison to other people's lives. And they might think that a lot of days are an L when actually the days are a win. Right. And so I put it out on my Instagram story just to see what people would say. I want to read you some other people's responses before I tell you mine. So someone said, not losing my cool with things or people that are out of my control. That's a win for me. Okay. I try to do that every day. And I try to preach that. That's one of the things that Maddie and I talk about is she'll say something to me about something that bothers her. I'm just like, why? Who cares? Like, stop. It doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. None of this shit matters. I mean, things do matter. There'll be smaller things, but I feel like I do actually a pretty good job of that naturally where I'm just like, why do I care about this? I don't. And then I just immediately stop thinking about it. So that's a good call. Right. But isn't that such a great way to think about it? If I controlled my controllable aspects of the day and didn't let all this ancillary stuff get to me, that's a win. It's hard to do do that with social media. And as you mentioned, like comparing yourself to other people. So that is not an easy thing for a lot of people to do, but I think that is a, a good goal to have. I agree. Someone said, I would consider the day a win knowing that I'm prepared for tomorrow. That definitely would make me feel more comfortable going to sleep at night. And I would be like, okay, when, if I know, you know, tomorrow's not going to be a shit show. So yeah, I could see that one. Yeah. That's a good one too. So there's so many, I got so many responses. I'm just going to pull out a few. I loved this one. If I didn't mistreat anyone and stood by my principles, it seems too many people don't get that these days. Are you mistreating people frequently? Like three out of the seven days I mistreated someone, but four, I, I had four that I didn't. So I get the win. That seems weird to me. I don't know. But maybe, you know, it's little things that you're not even very cognizant of. If you were maybe short with someone at work or yeah, you're being a dick to a friend. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Or just little things that in the grand scheme of things don't add up, but maybe in that day you would mm-hmm. look at. That's a good one. Um, someone said, I feel like the day's a win if I'm happy and accomplish small set goals. Yeah. I mean, happiness, I mean, if you're happy, you should set, you should be able to define your own happiness. Right. I mean, and if you feel satisfied and, and you feel like your day was great, it doesn't really matter what other people think your day was like, you know, if you didn't, if someone's like, Oh, you only did this today. You sat on the couch all day and did this. If that makes you happy and that's your right. day off or whatever, then hell yeah. You had a great day. I don't let other people you know, I feel like there are so many expectations about what you're supposed to do as an adult, right? Oh, you're supposed to, you know, obviously you should work out and, you know, let's go see the world and go hiking and do all these different things. But there are some days when it's just like, Hey, yeah, I had a great day. I'm just sitting my ass on the couch or just, you know, I, I made a huge ass breakfast and watched some soccer in the morning. That makes me happy as a person. And then, yeah, I'm not doing a ton of things, but I think it contributes to my mental health. So I would check that for me as a win in the win column. Yeah. Right. I had a great day. I want to, I, I can't do that every day, but yeah, like whatever makes you happy, that's really the only thing that should matter. That's self-care, Steve. Yes, for sure. I mean, I, I don't really think about self-care a lot, shocker, but I do feel like Dude. I practice it. I don't think or try to do it. It just comes natural to me. And I know that's kind of a luck thing of just how my brain is wired. But uh, 
But for people that have to do that, just, you know, find something you like and, and stick to it. You know, like who cares what other people think? The older that I've gotten, we've talked about this, Michelle, on the pod, the older I've gotten, the less I care about what people think about me. I really, I, I really just don't care anymore. And I used to care a lot. And mm-hmm. I think that's a lot of that about winning the day is just take care and control what you can control. I don't believe in a lot of ideologies of like, oh, here's how you should live your life. But control what you can control is a big one for me. And I, I do try to live by that. Right. Last one. If I went to the gym and did not eat pizza, that's a win. Well, see, no, I would argue that that is a win on certain days. So that's BS. If you went to the gym five days a week and then one day you didn't go to the gym and ate pizza, then that's a win. There's balance. You need need balance here, Michelle. I've talked about this. I agree. Uh, There was a lot of comments about lists. If I got X amount of tasks done off my list or a lot of people saying, if I ate healthy that day, that's a win. And I thought, I just think it's so intriguing to think about how you would judge your day as a win or loss, because there's so many things that you think about throughout the day where you get frustrated with yourself or down on yourself for something. But in the grand scheme of things, if you had to sign your name on the day, at the end of the day, what would really matter? Would it really matter that you ate a piece of pizza? Not likely. If you accomplished something you felt good about. Maybe you earn that piece of pizza too. Right. Like what? That doesn't make any, that doesn't make any sense to me actually. So I'm uh, if you're eating pizza seven days a week, probably not a win for the week, but if you're eating pizza one day a week and you worked out two to three to four days, the other days, then that the week is a win for you, at least health wise. So I think it just depends. Some people put more pressure on themselves that way. I just, again, I don't do that, but no, just because you ate pizza, that doesn't automatically, you know, mean the day is a loss. Totally. Most people would say that's a win. My wife would say that's a win. You know, I really thought about this very hard because I feel like I am very task oriented. I love a list. I love structure in my day. I am very hard on myself. I feel like prior to thinking about this, I would consider most days an L when they're actually a W. And then I thought about it. I really, really thought about it. And I was like, you know, if I can lay on my pillow at night and I'm happy and healthy and my friends are happy and healthy and my family is happy and healthy. It doesn't really matter what happened during the day. It doesn't matter if I worked out. It doesn't matter if I ate kale or I ate ice cream. It doesn't matter if I had an awesome show at work and a great interview or I messed up a question. At the end of the day, if everyone that you care about, including yourself, is happy and healthy, that's a win. I can't say any better myself. Right? People like, put too it, much. Pr- shouldn't we just boil it down to that? You don't have to I, define. I, you're saying you don't have to define it. Basically, it's just it's a feeling. It's like, hey, if I if I lay my head down and I, and I feel good about myself, then yeah, that's a win. Are there nights that you don't feel good about yourself? Like I feel like for the oh, most yeah, part, all the time. I'm very really? hard on myself. Very. Oh my god, I am oh. my own worst critic. You have no idea. There's nothing that anyone can say to me that I haven't already said to myself. And maybe that's because of my position in this world or in my life. When <clears throat> you have people, it's like this big echo chamber of people saying all of these things to you all the time, and you absorb that on some level. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a hard worker. If I put my mind to something and I try to achieve it, I'm not very patient. So I get really frustrated and hard on myself. But, um, I was messaging with Adam Amin about it and we both were like, we're way too hard on ourselves. And maybe that's part of what propels us through life is being, you know, self-critical. But if you actually take a step back and you really evaluate what is important and what really matters to you, most days are a win. Most days are a win. And I think to your point, to close it out, most people who are hard on themselves, I think that's a good trait because it means that you give a shit and you're actually trying. And for the most part, I, I feel like the people that are the hardest on themselves are usually the best at what they do. So, you know, don't be too hard on yourself. Don't make it impossible for you, for you to be happy, but 
yeah, test yourself. And if you, it's okay to not have a win too. It's, it's you shouldn't go seven and zero every week. It's okay if you're six and one, five and two, but obviously try to keep it over, you know, keep it over 500. Right. Have a winning record here. Sometimes though, being really hard on yourself, if you're someone that's really hard on yourself, it can be very isolating because if everyone else around you doesn't have that same vigor and they're not as mm-hmm. hard on themselves, it's like a very weird position to be in. And luckily for us, most people that we work with are of the same mindset that we are. Yeah, but we, we, we know people like minded people, but it can be very frustrating at times. We know people who probably are too hard on themselves. Uh, and yeah, you're right. It can be very isolating. You feel like you only have a very limited circle of people that you can trust or that you, you know, mm-hmm. you know, rely on to really get tasks done or like help you in life. And that's pretty tough too. So like anything, you need a balance, you need a balance and you shouldn't necessarily hold everyone to the same standards you hold yourself because, you know, if you hold yourself to really high standard, you're going to constantly be disappointed and then you're going to be probably miserable uh, in your existence and you don't want that either. So it's a balance, but um, I think it's an interesting question and I'm glad you brought it up. Thanks. All right. Well, let's get to some other questions. Let's get to the AMAs. Thank you to all the Shelleys who sent in questions to my Instagram. Uh, this was a last minute pivot, but Steve, they always come in hot. They mm. always come in with the best questions. This is why we're a family here. We love the Shelleys. Okay. I'm going to put some things on the board for you. Okay. Uh, would you like something about our work? Some life advice, taking a little page from uh, Rosillo and Canal slash Rosillo now. A quirky question or a food-based question? Because we have a couple things that fit into those. I want to lighten it up because it was just a little heavy. (laughs) I'm sorry. I really let's do let's do the quirky question. Okay. Quirky question. What song would be played during the opening scene of a movie about your life? Oh man. (laughs) This is a great question because I love music. I take music very seriously at every single college party that I, that I hosted, even with my roommates, I was a music czar. I controlled the iPod. Oh, you're that guy. I was that guy. Yep. Yep. Oh, yep. That is the no, most, I, I fully admit that's the most off brand thing about you. I'm very particular. Well, no, it's not because you know, I'm very particular and I'm very particular about what parties sound like and what songs are being played and the vibe there. And I want to make sure that the vibe is what I want it to be. Yes. But you being a czar of any kind is off brand. Cause usually you're like, whatever, go with the flow. Why are you, why are you trying to control everything? That's usually not you. I take music very seriously though. Obviously love music. I love concerts. I have an eclectic music <laughs> taste. I like just about every genre there is. And I also yes. love music and movies. Like I I'll like a bad movie if it has a great score to it. Cause I'm like, Oh, it, felt, it feels great. One of the movies that I love, well, I don't love it, but I'm willing to forgive that it's a bad movie, but I actually like it is man of steel. The Superman movie, one of the most recent ones with Henry Cavill. It's not a good movie, but it was, the score was amazing. And I'm like, okay, the movie's actually not that bad because the score was good. So I take music very, very, very seriously. So this is a good question. And I'm, it's tough. Cause it, What's the vibe of the movie? That's the question. Is it? It's about, it's about my your life. life. It's about your life. By the way, really quick aside about uh, the scores of movies, I have been on a weird Hans Zimmer kick. Oh, Hans Zimmer yes. is the man. Okay, Hans Zimmer is a god among men. He is incredible. I pulled up a Hans Zimmer playlist on Spotify. This was all yep. brought on by the holiday. I randomly watched the holiday, and the score in the holiday is perfection steve and i was listening to the holiday and driving and i felt so whimsical and just like filled with 
<laughs> with randomness and like anything could happen, just like Cameron Diaz and Kate Winslet in the movie. And then I just clicked on the Hans Zimmer playlist and man, I let that thing ride. And my emotions were all over the place. Well, you know, he does a lot of work with my boy, Christopher Nolan. Obviously. Yes, I, I did find that out about him, but my God, is he a genius? Gladiator, Inception, Dunkirk. I mean, this is a who is who of my favorite movies of all time. Is Han, so Hans Zimmer's score is, is basically behind it. So I should see more Christopher Nolan movies just because yes. of Hans Zimmer? Well, the two guys that I love that score movies that I think are the best, and I'm sure I'm forgetting, I'm not a cinephile like Adnan or anything, but um, are Hans Zimmer and Trent Reznor, the former, oh, you know, obviously the, the Nine Inch Nails guy. He's a phenomenal oh, composer he did, as well. Oh, uh, The Social Network. Which was, which was awesome. Great. That's one of my favorite movies of the last, that's, that's one of my favorite movies I've ever seen, period. It's and, really good. And the score has a lot to do with it. But yes, those two guys dominate. And it's an important part of it. Anyway, we've got grass. I don't, we're, we're now we're talking about scoring movies. I don't even know how we got here. Um, I'm sorry. I just want to shout out Hans Zimmer. I just no, I, lo- I love it. Because <laughs> this is a pro Hans show. Uh, for you sure. know what? This is a pro Hans Zimmer podcast. We should try to get him on the pod. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming he speaks English. He's German. If he had to talk to Christopher Nolan. But uh, I don't know if there'd be a weird deal there, but I, I'm open to it. Anyway, we've digressed. We should, we, no more of this. What's go your ahead, song? What's your song? Do you okay, Because I have two, but it depends on the mood of the movie. So this, in a total upset, is not going to be Country Grammar by Nelly, which I think most people listening to this podcast had their money on. And that's a great pick, but... I think when you enter a movie, it needs to be a little delicate at times. You need to introduce what the movie is going to be about. And I would like to think that a movie about my life would be centered around family and about heritage and about love. And so I'm going naturally, Steve, with a Frank Ocean song. Hmm. And I'm going to go with Pink and White to open up a film about my life. Uh, I know the song a little bit, but I could have predicted you were going to pick a Frank Ocean song. <laughs> I mean, I feel like any music question that's like, hey, what would you do in this scenario? You're like, oh, Frank Ocean, this Frank Ocean. Like, it's just it's just the Frank Ocean. Oh, and yours is not. Deal. Oh, John Mayer is a guy. It's not I'm going thinking. to be not on my list. Not Third Eye Blind, not John Mayer. I have it's... two songs that are totally different. Oh, that... two, two. It well, has it, one. Yeah, it just depends on the vibe of what the opening scene is like. If it's a cool t- sort of scene where I like, got buddies in here and I'm walking and I'm wearing like a cool suit and I want to feel <laughs> badass, I'm going Can't Tell Me Nothing by Kanye. Great like, song. It's a great opening song. I mean, it's, it's maybe ooh, definitely top five Kanye songs, but maybe top three, maybe top two if I'm really thinking about it. But then the other song, ooh. if it's like a chill, more cool, laid back vibe, I don't know if you know this song, but Dear Mr. Fantasy by Traffic, I think it came out in the 70s or the 60s. My dad... Growing up, used to play this song all the time. You'll know it if you hear it. It's a classic, just guitar sort of strum at the beginning of the song. What's it called? I got to play it. Dear Mr. Fantasy. And it was used, and I was mad because I actually used to think about this growing up. I'm like, I love Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I have another Do you know the song? I'm laughing. No, but I'm laughing because those two songs could not be more diametrically opposed from one another. And the funny thing about it is I can't picture a story about your life involving either one of those songs. Oh, come on. I I can't pick a John Mayer song because you make fun of me. And I can't pick it. There's no Third Eye Blind song. I mean, what do you mean? Semi-Charmed Life? Probably not. That's not really the the song I want (laughs) to kick my movie off to. Uh But Dear Mr. Fantasy was actually used in Endgame the Marvel movie, obviously the final Endgame, the final Marvel movie. And I was kind of mad because- like I've seen it. Well, yeah, we were discussing this and we were potentially going to do this as a topic because I watched, uh, what was it? Godzilla versus Kong. And I watched the Snyder Cut, which are two definite nerd movies for sure. And you've never seen a Marvel movie or really a superhero movie ever in your life, correct? Correct, none of them. I actually, you texted me, have you seen whichever movie that was? And I go, what is it? The Snyder Cut. 
Yeah, you described it to me. And I think my response was, I fell asleep reading that text. I have a zero interest in superhero movies. And I actually have a list of things that the general public likes that I personally do not like. I don't like fantasy sports. I don't care about putting together a fake team to cheer for when I have real teams that I need to watch and cheer for. I like I that. I respect that. I don't care about superhero movies. I don't care about wow. any of that stuff. Not interested. I've never played video games in my life other than the duck <laughs> game, the duck hunt game. You're personally attacking me right now. I feel and maybe like. like a nary game of golden tea here and there because we did have golden tea in my basement. We had NBA jam in my basement, Steve, growing up and I never played it. I never played it. What is the, wrong? Why? The boys would come over and be like, yes, NBA jam. And I'm like, whatever. I'll be watching now and then in the basement. <laughs> like, whatever what? um yeah i'm telling you it's weird that's a bummer. I, I do not wear jerseys i don't understand the thought of wearing a jersey of someone else that whole thought is bizarre to me um there's just a whole list of things a whole slew i don't do tiktok i'm not gonna do tiktok that was one of the questions is are you and steve gonna get on tiktok and i was like no i'm actually I'm on avoiding. tiktok <gasps> mm -hmm. this feels like a personal betrayal i thought we were in this together the only reason that i'm on tiktok I haven't posted anything, but I'm on it because my sister Jocelyn will send me videos that are funny because there are funny things on TikTok. I've learned to realize that TikTok and this is like, OK, boomer, dude, um, there are funny things on TikTok that aren't just teenage girls dancing to stupid things that I have no interest in watching. There are well thought out skits. My cousin is a comedian. He's on there and it's really funny. So it's easier for me when my sister sends me these things to just have an account. So I set up an account. I have an official account. I don't even know if it's my, my actual name is on there. So you probably can't even search me, but I do have a TikTok, uh, TikTok account. So I'm sorry to tell you, Michelle, I, I did it without you. This is unbelievable. I, I betrayed that you. We, this is a personal betrayal. You are now Judas Saruti. I cannot believe you've done this to me. I thought we were in this together, <laughs> that we were raging against the machine that is TikTok. I mean, I don't partake in TikTok. I just you, you have an account, Steve. You have. An I account. do. I know. I was also a late bloomer on Instagram too. I remember our good friend Dan Stanzik at ESPN. He's the one that convinced me to get tic, uh, to get Instagram because I was like, I don't take pictures. Why am I going to get this stupid picture app? It's dumb. I don't want it. And then he's like, No, dude, trust. It's way it's way cooler than that. It's cooler than Twitter. It's cooler than Facebook. I was like, All right, man. I, if you if you tell me this, like, I trust you. I'm going to do it. I got Instagram. I really like Instagram, and now obviously it's probably my favorite social media platform. We're not quite there yet with TikTok. I'm not going to start making videos of me doing dances or making <laughs> skits about like how tough life is or something. I don't know. Um, although I do like the one where the guy mixes the paints and tries to guess the color. That's a fun one. Uh, so there's a good moral of the stories. There's good stuff on TikTok and I had to get an account to, to check it out. I'm sorry. Oh, you know, it's one of those things that I'm inevitably going to have to do probably for the job, but it just feels so heavy. Like I can't have one more app that I need to mm. open or care about. I'm so overblown on content and other apps. I don't want another one that's going to suck away my time. I know. I hate that everyone, this is going to sound like a, a dick comment, but everyone's now a content creator and there are a lot of people that shouldn't be content creators. We don't need to hear you on this. Okay. We don't need to see your video short about why you think you should be a stand-up comedian. But okay, you're right. Like it's another platform. But I think over if you look over time, right, you probably don't even go on Facebook anymore, right? So you're, you know, we used to have three. It used to be Facebook. We used to be Facebook, obviously, when we first started. Then it was Facebook yeah. and Twitter. Mm -hmm. And then it was Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you, right. and you kind of stopped going on Facebook because it got weird and your, your parents were on there, your grandparents were on there and political talk was on there. So it's like, I'm, I'm going to pass on that. And right. then now TikTok's in here. So you sort of, I sort of find myself using Twitter and Facebook less and Instagram probably more. And then I guess now I'm in TikTok too. So I'm using that more. 
I don't think you use all four. I mean, there I'm sure there are people that do use all of them at the same time and are constant content factories, but that would take up way too much of my time. You have to pick and choose which one you like. And I, I've kind of maxed out at two. Okay. Well, we're back to the questions, but just know I am disappointed. I'm sorry. Now. Anyway, we got a long way, a long way of saying that. I, I apologize for, uh, for doing that without you. Okay. Uh, wait, I just got a new one. I pulled it up and it says no question, but hello from Morocco. Mm. I've been following you and Steve since your days with Rosillo from Morocco. Shouts out. I mean, we're international. We knew this, right? But uh, never been to Morocco. Always wanted to go. True. True yeah. Story. Shout out to our peeps in Morocco. This is a pro Morocco podcast too. Pro yeah. Hans Zimmer, pro Morocco. <laughs> Not two things we thought we would say at the start of the show, but yes, pro Hans Zimmer and pro Morocco. <laughs> okay, Steve, do we want something about our work environment, some life advice or some food? Let's do life advice. Okay. Life advice. Should I live in a cool place I love or in a less cool place with the people I love? Great question. Great question. Um, I think it, it depends on your personality. If you are a person who can make a million friends and makes new friends very easily, I think you should be more, you should explore the world more and cities more and living in different places. I have a buddy who lived all over the country. I just think, I think he kind of wanted to do it because he wanted to be that guy. He wanted to be the nomadic guy who like, mm-hmm. oh, where's Mike today? I don't know. You know what I mean? And Mike, <laughs> I love you, Mike. Love you, I've, Mike. To, I've told this to your face for it. It's okay. He's in Chicago now. Love Chicago. We went to, you, you've actually met him. We visited oh, yeah. him. Everything is worked his apartment. <laughs> um, you know, I think you get caught up and be like, oh, I live in this cool city or I'm, I'm here. Is it cool if you live in a one bedroom apartment or you want to have a house? It just depends on what your personality is. So for me, I'd rather live in a place around people that I really like that I'm already friends with because I don't like making new friends. So one, that's, that's true. And, you know, I was never one of those guys. that was like, oh, I just need to move to a city because, you know, I want to be a city guy. I don't know. That was never kind of my vibe. So I think it depends on your personality, Michelle. I don't know. I feel like you are more adaptable than I am though. And you could probably, I'm interested to hear what you have to say about this because I, I don't really know what lean you would have. I could make an argument either way, because if you go to a cool city that you love, you could always find people that you love. And what if you're supposed to go to that city to meet someone that you love? A lot of people move across the country for jobs and end up staying there and loving it while also still having a home base of where they grew up. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what your surroundings are. It matters who you're with. A lot of people probably think St. Louis blows. And to me, it's paradise because it's all of these people that I love are here. You know, it has Connecticut, nothing to- You hate Connecticut. And I'm sitting here going, well, I actually kind of like it. Connecticut. I don't hate Connecticut. Well, I mean, you know. There were some redeeming qualities about Connecticut. I played the Connecticut hand all wrong. I yep. played the Connecticut hand all wrong. I am the first to admit it, even though I had some awesome times in New York. But I never really gave Connecticut a chance. And to be honest, when I moved there on day one, mid-July and I turn on the news and the, I was like, let's see what's popping with the local news in Connecticut. First story I see. And it was like, we're live from Boston where the, where the last snow mass has melted. And I was like, what the fuck? It is July. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'm eating a Subway sandwich crying and I'm like, oh my God, what did I do? <laughs> I love that your first reaction was to put the local news on. Yeah, Who watches the, the local town. news? Uh, someone that's moving to her new surroundings and wants to see what's up in Connecticut. Don't put the local news on. I feel like, I don't know, read a blog. I don't do any, anything other than the local news. What I am I going to do? Like cool blogs in Connecticut? What, do you, what blog are you going to look up that's pro-Connecticut? Uh, anything. <laughs> I, don't, I just feel like, what are you, 60? I, who, who watches local <sighs> news anymore? Steve, Besides like my dad. I got, I was living in, um, what is it called? Middletown. 
right? Middletown. You were in Hartford, weren't you? No, no. When I first moved there, I was staying at like a days in residence. Oh yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Is it well, Middletown or something? Yeah, that could be it. I don't know. Whatever. Southington, Middletown, would, whatever. Anyway. Uh, or maybe it was Southington. Maybe it was Southington. So I'm in, let's just say the Southington days in. Let me back this up. One of my best girlfriends got married on a Saturday. I was in her wedding bridesmaid. All my friends from college there, best time. There's always a come down from the wedding. My come down was that I had to get on the plane the next morning and move to Connecticut. I cried the entire plane ride. I was wearing a maxi dress. And I was using it as a tissue. And no lie, Steve, the guy sitting next to me, you know how sometimes you can peek over and see what someone's texting if you're really nosy, which I definitely am. I peeked over and he texted, this girl's been crying the entire flight. Something is wrong with her. Like she is not okay. And I was like, I am not okay. So I land in Connecticut. I go to get my car, which had already been delivered. I drive to the Days Inn in Southington. I get a Subway sandwich on the way there. And I'm just um, a hot mess. Welcome to Connecticut. (laughs) What did I do? And I'm in this thing. I'm like, let's turn on the local news and see what's popping. And then literally nothing was popping except for a snow mass melting. And then you know what I did to soothe myself as I turned on the baseball all-star game. And I was like, well, thank God there's baseball in Connecticut. There's baseball everywhere I go. And that's what I did. I moved there and watched the baseball all-star game. I'm depressed just hearing that. And I'm well, actually, I'm, that was I'm, like the Tuesday or Wednesday, a couple of days later. But those are the two things I remember watching on TV were in my first few days in Connecticut, the baseball all-star game and the local news. Yeah. And we wouldn't meet for probably, I don't know, two, two years. Well, it was two well, no, years? A year and a half. No, maybe. yeah. A year. A year. That, that even, let's just say a year. That even seems long. Man, I, that's wild. Yeah, I, I mean, I would have no. shown you the way earlier. Maybe things could have been, been different. Maybe you'd still, I don't know, be hanging out in Connecticut. Probably not. But, right. um, but back to the question. Yeah. I was in Connecticut and went to New York City every single weekend and nothing is cooler than New York City. And I think if you're a young person and you're not tethered to anything and you want to move somewhere and have a vibrant and dynamic life and potentially meet new people, then depending on where you are in your life, go for it because you can always go back home. But if you're someone that maybe isn't as outgoing, as Steve mentioned, and you know yourself and or moving somewhere to be with someone that you care about, then do it. You just have to really find out where you are in your life and what your main priority is. It depends on your age. I don't know if I'd be moving cross country anytime soon as like a 32 year old. I mean, it would depend on the opportunity, but, and I'm also not that kind of guy who's going to be like, oh, I've never experienced this city. I want to live there for a year. I don't know. I just feel like that time in my life is probably past, but doesn't mean that a younger me in a different life wouldn't have wanted to do that. I'm a little bit introverted. And I don't know. I definitely wouldn't do it alone. I don't think that would be tough uh, for me doing it with, you know, as a married guy with Maddie might be different because we could sort of you know, experience that together. That might be fun. But mm. uh, it just, as you said, it depends on your personality. That's, that's probably the biggest key. Okay. Let me pull these back up. We're at food and we're at work dynamic, workplace let's, environment. Let's do food. Food. Would you rather have, Steve, a margarita on a warm day or a hot toddy on a fall day? This is tough for you because I know you love a margarita, but you are Mr. Fall. This would surprise you. It's margarita on a hot day. I'm not a big hot drink guy. I like coffee. I love a good latte, cappuccino, give me an espresso all day, but I'm not really a big hot alcoholic drink guy. Like I don't really, I don't want a hot toddy really at all. Um, And a margarita on a hot day just hits different. I'm sorry. That's prime Check that off in the win column. That's a day. If you drink a margarita on a hot day, especially on the beach, that's a win for the day. Going back to our earlier conversation. Big time win. When I did 75 hard and I couldn't drink, 
I love wine, didn't miss wine. I wasn't like, God, I can't wait to have a glass of Sauvignon Blanc. I would sit there and be like, you know what I want? I want chips. I want guac. I want a margarita. I want a good margarita on the rock, salt on the rim. Give it to me now. That was like the one thing I was craving. Craving so much, I went to Mexico right afterwards. (laughs) I was like, I got to have it. Uh, 100% agree. No salt on the rim, though. Don't like salt. See, I love the salt. I like when I don't lick the rim a lot, but I like when some of the flecks get in it. You know, Do people lick the rim? They, ugh, oh, yeah. Ugh. A lot of people lick the rim. Why are you licking salt? That's weird to me. But no. Oh. Uh, so we're a clean sweep there. I don't know who would choose the hot toddy. That's a weird, I don't Ski know. Ski guys, snowboarding bros, people that love to operate ski with a hot toddy, maybe. I'll tell you this. I'd rather have a margarita in the cold than a hot toddy in the, <laughs> in the cold. I'm to be, give me a margarita in both scenarios and I'll be fine. You know, that surprises me too, as Midwest Steve, because that means you have not had a, a Big Ten football experience in the cold, in the cold in the fall. Because sometimes when you're standing in there in a stadium and it's cold as hell and you, you can't leave because you want your team to win and you get a drink with some booze in it, good. No, but, you know, let's not pretend we get snowstorms here in the Northeast. It gets cold as shit. But here you don't a lot have too. to be outside. You can shovel your driveway and then go back inside. And well, there are things to, to do other than shovel the, the driveway, Michelle, in the Northeast. There are activities to do in, in the Northeast other than just go outside and shovel. Right. But you're choosing to be outside. It's not like the activity that you're doing is forcing yeah. you to be outside. Whereas like if I want to watch a football game in Champaign in late November, I'm going to be cold as hell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know I get your point, but no, you it, could be watching a UConn football game. No judgment. Here. Yeah, no. <laughs> all five of the people at the rents at rents or field, they're probably going to be super excited about that one. I will not be one of them. Uh, but yeah, no. Give me margarita, hot or cold. OK, love it. All right. Let's go workplace environment and then we'll go random. Is there anything that you two miss about your experience of working in Bristol? Like specifically in the city of Bristol? Well, there was two. We'll combine them and you can choose which one you like. One person said, what is Bristol really like? (laughs) And then the other one said, is there anything you miss about your experience of working in Bristol? So you pick, which one would you rather do? I'll answer both. There's nothing cool about Bristol um, (laughs) at all. Oh, I disagree. What? What would you do in Bristol? Oh, no, no. I think they mean like ESPN. Like what is no, Bristol? No, I, like? I, th- I thought it was the city itself. Like Bristol is oh, no, no, a weird no, no, no. place. I think like, I, I think they're using Bristol as a way, as a description okay. of ESPN. If it's ESPN, yeah, of course I miss Bristol. Or, I miss going. You have to understand like, though. Wait, there's Bristol... nothing you miss about, about working Okay, <laughs> I rephrase this. Bristol and ESPN are very different things. Yeah. Bristol is like a college campus in the middle of, I'm sorry. ESPN is like a college campus in Bristol. You're not really in Bristol when you're in ESPN. You're in, no. you're at ESPN because Bristol itself is kind of a weird, strange place. Um, I definitely miss ESPN, like parts of ESPN. I miss seeing the people, the people that we are friends with. Randy Scott, I've been seeing, obviously love Randy, Michael Achuner, all these people, Twelman. Like I, we don't see them anymore. So that's one thing that, that yeah, sucks does. about not being around. One of the most underrated parts about, it's not even underrated. It's one of the best parts about being at ESPN is that you're just walking down the hallway and there'll be like a couple of Hall of Famers that walk by you. And you're like, wow, okay, cool. This is amazing. And it's just a casual part of your day when you go and get a sandwich at the calf. So that I definitely think I miss. Um, I miss putting together shows, I think, with I you and too. Ryan I uh, and, and Danny and Van Pell and Will. I, I really love that part of the job. I love just sitting in a room together with people that you really trust and that you know are creative and just saying, what are we talking about today? And you know, you know? what I miss too is like, say I say, what about this with Sam Darnold? And you're like, well, what about, how about we do this? And then mm-hmm. Ryan will take what you said and is like, no, why don't we do this? And it's the pinging back and forth of creative ideas to land on the one thing that's going to be good. And like you said, it's very important that you trust the people you work with and you're in such a 
an incubated environment there, but to really feed off of each other, I miss that big time. Yeah. I was fortunate enough to work on two different shows with just awesome teams, including the hosts. One was with obviously you and uh, the other was with, you know, you know Van Pelt and Ryan and Stanford Steve and Ray, uh, UConn Ray and Etchie, what's up? Um, <laughs> Love Ray. And it's a really cool thing because you don't, I think it's something that you assume happens all the time. That everyone just has chemistry and can work together, but it doesn't. It's really hard to come by. And, uh, so, and so I, I, I do really, really miss that. We've often said that sometimes the, the show is better in the pre-show meeting than it even is on the live show sometimes because, you know, it's just more free. You can say whatever you want. Not that we were being super edgy, but that's when ideas were cooking and it was really fun to be a part of that meeting and be, be in that room. So that's probably the thing I miss the most. I wish that those meetings could have been live streamed. Like if it could be (laughs) behind a paywall because there's swear words that had to be said, you know, but that you're right. It's sometimes better than the show because I feel like it's, it's such a glimpse into what it takes to put on a show every day. There's, it's kind of amazing that there's been no reality show about putting together a sports talk radio show because the people that work in sports talk radio are such characters. Everyone is nuts on some. Well, they tried, but in the best way. Didn't uh, what's his name? Matthew Perry, wasn't he? Didn't he do a show on one of the networks about and it was basically loosely based off of cowherd i think oh really i didn't know that i, I mean i think it lasted no, but like, like a, a reality show where they follow oh. us around and they show the tension and like us traveling when we were supposed to be in tallahassee and we oh, get God, stuck in Charlotte and we have to drive our friend elizabeth who had to put on these live shows and all the work that it takes for three hours of content to do kind of a behind the scenes showing all, all the ca- let's do it am i pitching it right now <laughs> yeah Wait, we need to get Rosillo to write this as a TV pitch for us. And think about some of the people we work with. Personalities through the roof. I think it would be a very entertaining show. If you can make a show about a boat and people cooking and sweeping up after other people, you can definitely make a show about how entertaining it is to put on a sports talk radio show. Yeah, just day in, day out. The people behind the scenes, I mean, I know for a fact people would love Nuno, who used to work on. Oh my God, they would Mikey love C? Bubba. Mikey, Mikey C. C. <laughs> Those Bubba guys would be, would be stars. Everyone yeah. would be obsessed with Bubba. They would be stars. Liam, and I think, Ray. I think we're on something here. Mm-mm. I'm telling you. It was different then. It's different now. Like we were able to travel more and just no, but that's sh- okay radio shows were bigger, right? They were we got to pitch it now. We got to pitch it now so that when the return of Sports Talk Travel comes back, we're ready to roll. All right. I'm in. Listen, as long as I get an executive producer credit, I'm in. Oh my God. Me too. I love it. We just have to find the right show. <laughs> yeah. TBD. We'll figure that out. TBD. Maybe it'll be our show. Anyway. Um, one thing that I miss in addition to everything you just said is I do miss the calf. I miss having a place that you could walk to right by your work and get whatever you want to yep. eat at any time. Like, Oh, I want a salad and it's 9 PM. Guess what? Going to the calf. They're going to cook me up a salad. Oh, I want, what were those, what, um, those energy bites that they used to have in the calf. You know what I'm talking about? The chocolate and the oatmeal and the peanut butter, those energy bites that were like crap. Energy balls. Yep. Energy balls. Mm-hmm. I want some energy balls great. right now. Yep. Sure. Donuts, coffee, whatever you want at any, I mean, some stations would close. Yes. At the nighttime. Cause I did work a night shift many a night, but I'll tell you what that I miss. And like you said, it was this very communal Thing where you're there and you see all the people from first take that you don't really know but can kind of see and be like we didn't know before <laughs> there were definitely that. clicks too yeah it's like oh those that's the radio crew that's the it's vi- definitely yeah. like mean girls where it yep. was like we're sitting here those are the you, you can't know, sit with us you yep. can't sit with us uh but we would never do that um girl that fits me right now can i just say really quickly before we move on you know what sucks having to figure out what to eat every day 
I hate oh, that. Bless. And you're right. ESPN oh, made that very, with the cap being there, made it very easy. Having to plan out meals is one of my least favorite things about being an adult. Oh my God. It absolutely sucks. I'm cooking nonstop 24 seven, especially if you're trying to eat healthy, you want to eat at home Ugh. all the time. You don't want to just grab something and go. I don't know how parents do it. I think about this all the time. My friends that are parents and my own parents, God bless you. God bless you because I only have to worry about feeding myself and maybe one other person and a dog. And I don't know how people find the time to cook three meals for multiple people yeah. and do their jobs and work out and be a good friend and do laundry or whatever else you have to do every single day. Where do you find the time? My mom cooked for five every day. We rarely ever got takeout. It was always home cooked meals. That was normal. And I look yes. back and I go, what the, what? Right. How is that a thing? I'm ordering takeout two, three days a week. And I'm, it's me and my wife. That's it. Right, so right now we're like, what the hell are we going to do for dinner? I don't know. I just get takeout. Part of it is because it's hard to figure out a new thing to eat every day. You know, I could probably eat the same thing for most meals every day. I could have leftovers for like an entire week. Um, but it's like, Oh, what should we eat this week? I don't know. Salads, pasta, sandwiches. I don't know. Like it's always the same shit. It's just hard. Right. It's hard to be unique. And even cookbooks, it's, it's hard. So anyway, underrated part, shitty part of being an adult, figuring out what to eat. Totally. Okay. Let's do one more. Let me X out of this and pull it back up. Okay. Would you like a, another food question or would you like a movie question? M well, movie. We'll do the food one last. What's your favorite rom-com? It's tough to say one. Um, I know I like always, my best friend's wedding. I always like definitely maybe. I know that's weird. Uh, that's the one with Ryan Reynolds, right? I believe. Let me uh, look this up. It's been a while. Must, you must love it if you can't even remember well, who's in it. Hold on, hold on. I'm not, well, it's shocker. Just like you haven't seen a ton of Marvel movies. I haven't seen a ton of rom-coms. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Okay, definitely maybe very good with Ryan Reynolds. Um, Jerry Maguire kind of counts as a rom-com too, I feel like. So I like yeah, that movie. Yeah, I'll count it. I'll count it. Uh, Mine is My Best Friend's Wedding. I've so. never seen it. <gasps> never seen it. Steve. Yeah, yeah sorry. There's yeah. a sports lane. You have to watch it. What's the sports lane? So Dermot Mulroney, who is the love interest, he is a sports writer and he ends up getting engaged to a girl, Cameron Diaz, whose dad owns the White Sox. And Julia Roberts is his platonic best friend forever. They had a hot one hot fling, but then they were best friends after for many, many years. And then he gets engaged to Cameron Diaz and she's like, wait, no, I'm in love with him. He has to be mine. And so the whole movie is her plotting to break up their engagement. See, when it's did this come so out? Though? Good. I, oh my God. Like, uh, see, this 90s. seems like I, I think no, I might have no, just no. missed this one. You're not going to miss it. Trust me. 10 Things I Hate About You. That's a good one. I'm just looking at my list right now. Oh, um, uh, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Oh, so man. Good. I saw that Classic. on our first date. Uh, that was an interesting one to see. Wait, I saw that on a Valentine's Day date. We went to Hibachi and then we went to see in high school How to <laughs> Lose a Guy in 10 Days. A very high school date. <laughs> oh, my God. It was so great. I thought we were so in love. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm just going through the list really quick and see if there's anything that I missed. Um, You're probably missing so many good ones on the list. Is Pretty Woman count? Yeah, I, probably. Hey, I Pretty Woman the other day. So I wake up so early and even on weekends, I can't sleep past like 6 a.m. And I didn't have anything to do one Saturday until like 8.30. So I'm laying there. I'm like, what should I do? I'm like, I'm going to throw in a movie, you know, an old movie that I love. I watched Pretty Woman and I was sobbing at the end. Sobbing. I'm like, what is wrong with me? I know I have, how this ends. It's been a while since I saw that. Um, 
So good. Clueless, oh. another one. Clueless, great movie. Amazing. Love that. Uh, and I think that's probably Even about it. It's kind of weird through the 2020 lens that she falls in love with her stepbrother. And they make out. Yeah, I guess so. That is true. But I've actually been watching Rest of Development again recently because Maddie's watching for the first time. And that's also kind of a theme in that of George Michael and maybe. So eh, yes. it is what it is. But spoiler alert, you know what happens with that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. So wait, are you guys off the Sopranos? No, we just kind of watch that on the side when we're eating dinner or something. And we okay, just need something to put on. It's, it's just great with mindless television, even though it's brilliant. Okay, last question for you. And Steve, this is from Squirrel Boy. Okay. Okay. Shout out to Squirrel Boy. Shout out Squirrel Boy. S-Q-R-L Boy. B-O-I. Squirrel Boy. If you could be any type of bread, what would you be? Wow. Oh, man. Uh, first thing I- that comes to my mind is cinnamon bun. Does that count? Yes. And what a great answer. Yeah. And you know what? Cinnamon bun wasn't even on my radar. It's technically a bread. It's more of like a pastry, are, but it's a are bread. Are you talking about a cinnamon roll yeah. with the icing? Yeah. 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 And then you peel off a little bit. Oh and, my yeah. God. Steve, here I am thinking I'm going classic sourdough and you're going to go sourdough too. Dry. I thought we were talking about actual loaves of bread and here you go pulling cinnamon roll out of your hat. Well, if we're doing traditional breads, like the loaf of bread, then I would go rye probably. Well, yeah. I love rye bread. Rye's trash. Mm-mm. Rye's delicious. Oh, I hate rye. I love rye. Uh, sourdough is good, but rye is delicious. As toast, I love it. Amazing. So do you not have access to other breads? Wait, is that what about, happening? I think I would pick a bagel now that I'm thinking about it though. We, yeah, I'd pick a bagel. Does that count? It's <laughs> You're a bread. just picking like forms of bread. <laughs> well, it's about, yeah. I don't know. I thought I'm we were it going out. like whole grain, whole wheat, rye, classic white wonder bread. Is bagel sourdough, not bread? Bagel's bread. I don't know. You Italian to... loaf. I'm maybe. twisting the rules a little bit. Okay. If I'm thinking traditional breads then too, so that we rye and then what is the, the Outback pumpernickel comes to mind. That's pretty good too. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's great. It's like warm. It's so soft. You get the little butter in there. It's awesome. <laughs> to bagel to outback pumper and <laughs> they're all i love bread what do you mean to sue me if listen wow. if i eat bread shock that that's a win <laughs> that day is a win period if i'm eating bread when is the last time you had the outback pumper oh, is what i really want to know i have no idea no absolutely no idea i mean decade ago easily but i just in my mind it's delicious there's this place in Chicago. I think I, if memory serves me correct, it's called Q. It's a barbecue place. And they have this great, unique, fluffy roll with honey butter. And it's the best honey oh, butter. I love honey butter. It is so good. Well, now if we're opening up other kinds of bread, cornbread with honey butter is also delicious. Oh, um, cornbread's a good call. Corn yeah. But that's, call. again, I put that in the category of bagel and cinnamon roll. It's not really traditional bread. Yeah. More desserty, like, really, but it's delicious. Did you say cornbread is desserty? It's kind of desserty, yeah. You're eating cornbread for dessert? I'm Sometimes. eating cornbread with chili as the vessel to eat my chili with. Well, cornbread, I feel like when I go to a barbecue place, I always get cornbread, and that's the thing I eat last with honey butter as my dessert. You know? It's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't like being judged right now. With this bread, I'm not judging. I just think it's an incredible way to look at cornbread. I have never viewed cornbread as a dessert ever in my life. It's adaptable. I think in the same way that I could eat a bagel for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I could eat cornbread for probably breakfast, lunch, and dinner as well. And dessert. So there you go. It's versatile. Get you somebody who could do both. 
You could eat a bagel for dinner. Yeah. Oh my God. I can eat a bagel any time of the day. No, it doesn't matter. Bagels are delicious. You know what I miss is a good bagel sandy from New York from a bodega. I just get a bagel sandy. Oh, get me there. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. Well, listen, vaccinated up, ready to go, ready to travel the country and, and do this thing. That's right. Okay. So you're landing on Outback Pumpernickel as your no, answer? No, I think if, if I'm going traditional bread, it's uh, it's either sourdough or rye. Okay. I want a great Italian loaf, but specifically hot cut in slices that you dip in the oil and Parmesan cheese mix, you know, as mm-hmm. and you do a little scarpetta action there. That's what I want. That sounds good too. You, again, you can't really go wrong with bread. So we love other bread. than an olive loaf, we'll skip an olive loaf. I don't want an olive loaf. I'm not mad at Focaccia. Oh my God. Oh no, my God. Now, I gotta, now I got to rethink everything. <laughs> Focaccia coming in hot. Yeah. <laughs> This oh is a terrible question. We could just talk about, we can talk about, I could do an entire podcast on bread, to be honest with you. Should we do the bread episode and talk to a baker? Bread rankings? Yeah, we'll do the bread draft. Oh my God. If we did the bread draft, well, now you're putting cinnamon roll in There's there. too many I variables. Would... Yeah, because too many things are bread. Bread sticks. Right. Are you calling mozzarella sticks a bread? It's breaded. Cheese. Yes. Well, no, that's not bread. Come on. No, no. It has to be baked in an oven. But it's part it's pieces of bread that have been broken yeah that's no that's that's you've gone too far around cheese and baked you've gone too far no it has to be in its original form baked in an oven yeah fine fine we'll go there this isn't like an evolving pokemon (laughs) another thing i don't give a shit about that's why i dropped it in there you're good (laughs) also when we were growing up didn't play pods everyone else was like oh my god or pogs or whatever they were pogs like the little things oh what did you do as a child i never had a tamagotchi I actually had a pog maker where you would stamp something that was like a piece of paper and it would make a pog for you. So I used to stamp my old baseball cards that weren't valuable at all. So I have, I don't know, Harold Baines pog. <laughs> it would be amazing. Uh, yeah. So what's up? Love Pogs. Okay, great. Well, put it on the list. So a little glimpse into my childhood. Now. What's up? There, there you go. We probably wouldn't have been friends growing up. Yeah. I always tell Maddie that it's probably good that we didn't meet when I was in high school or college because she probably wouldn't have liked me. And I don't even, I was kind of a tool. So it's fine. I was, I was cocky, <laughs> arrogant. It's fine. I'm willing to admit that. It's okay. You know, sometimes you just got to call it like it is. But yes, um, it's probably a good thing that you did not meet younger Steve. He was a I'm little glad, arrogant. I'm glad you've evolved. We'll put it <laughs> Thank that you. Way. Yeah. You know, yeah, you leave to learn. Well, this one went a little long, so no review. But if you haven't already, please head to Apple Podcasts, search for Small Talk, subscribe to it, rate it, preferably five stars, and leave a review. Steve and I will be back in action next week. We're going to have a guest next week. We're going to talk to Jason Fitz of ESPN. We're so excited to catch up with Fitzy, of course, from Spain and Fitz. But we're going to talk to him about music and about his life at ESPN. All sorts of fun stuff coming up next week. But until then, peace out, Judas. Shut up, Brett. Thanks for listening to Small Talk. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or the Podcast One app.